welcome back to another episode of Girls with Anxiety. I'm Heike. I'm Tessa. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. I hope everyone is doing great on this day or any day you're listening to this. Yeah, and happy October, yeah? Yeah, happy October. I can't believe it. Me either. But uh, what do you got for this week's best, Heike? My this week's best is a makeup product or a beauty product because I just had to like go back to my roots, you know? Yeah. And um, it is Sun Visor by Say. It is a serum, oil, moisturizer, and sunscreen all in one. So it's honestly the best thing ever because if you're in a rush in the morning, you could just slap it on your face and you're good to go. And you know how I feel about sunscreen. I love it. I'm a huge component of sunscreen. Wear it for all reasons. It's so it comes out of the bottle or the tube a little tinted, but it rubs in nicely. But again, like I am very, very fair. Right. So I can't speak to darker tones, but for my very pale complexion, it rubs in nicely and leaves me very dewy. I'm wearing it right now. Oh, beautiful. Gl- yes. Dewy and glowy. Oh, thank you so much. And um, it's one of the best sunscreens that I've used and I've tried a lot. And it's $34 and I definitely re- recommend it. And all their other products, Sun Visor by Say. What is your this week's best? So everyone got a little sneak peek last week when I was traveling. I finished The People We Keep by Alison Larkin. It is a very interesting book. I got to see Heike for a hot minute and pass the book along to her. And she asked me, you know, how was it? And all I could really say was it was interesting. Like, I don't want to give anything away, um, especially because... There's so many different stories within this one story. But um, ultimately what like really drew me in was the the cover with all the colors. Mm -hmm. And I love people. I love characters. So the people we keep, it's very, very interesting. And I would totally recommend it. If you need any more books, I gave Heike it. But she has a lot of books in her collection right now. But definitely put it at the top of your list, please. The people we keep. I'm going to read it because I just need some distraction other than my phone. There you go. Just put your mm-hmm. phone down and just open up the fucking book and just read it. And then we can talk about it. I need to talk about it with someone other than Google. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, I'll read it. I'll read it this weekend. Perfect. Okay. Um, but yes, as T- Tessa mentioned, we did see each other for a hot minute last weekend and it was so good to see you in real life IRL yeah IRL yeah it was amazing I appreciate you making the drive over to Venice and hanging out I think we had a lot of good laughs we had some Mm -hmm. beet juice some cayenne ginger shots thank you Danny and uh, it was really fun of course it was not long enough no but it was perfect because had been since May so it was nice it was, it was nice lovely. to see you and give you a hug. Um, but yeah, we are so excited for this episode. OMG, ladies and gents, get your notebooks out and take some notes because 
Did we learn so much on this episode? In this I episode? Mean, in this on episode. Or in? in. In this episode, yeah. So we had the privilege to have Brittany Ellers join us. Um, she's located in San Diego. She and I actually worked at a yoga studio together, but she is just above and beyond in her knowledge of like pelvic care and the menstrual cycle. And she's just an overall amazing, inspiring, admirable girl who mm-hmm. Heike and I were just in all of the entire fucking time. I know. It was it it was such a great conversation and I wouldn't even say it was a conversation. It was like a lesson for Tessa and I. We were just like, mm-hmm. "Oh my god. Like I can't believe we didn't know this. Like periods aren't linear obviously and not even with your own period." So it was just so much knowledge dropped throughout the whole episode and so enlightening too and the the beautiful thing about Brittany is that she does this for anyone who's willing to like book a session with her Mm -hmm. and has this mission to like make it a point to like celebrate your period and to understand the like importance of your pelvic care and and in the depth of like you all we know is surface level shit Mm-hmm. So then when she's telling us in depth the reason why the surface level is the surface level, all I can I could do were like, oh. Okay, that makes really? sense. Wow. Like, it's fucking fascinating. It really oh, is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And her passion behind it just makes it even better. You're just like, okay, please. We could have had this conversation conversation with her for like five hours. Totally. And Heike texted me after we were just saying how inspired we were by her, just like Mm -hmm. her energy, her knowledge and her commitment to like making this a mission to get people more on board of knowing what they should know that Mm -hmm. no one coaches us, us, but like you have to seek it out. And she's that gal. She is. So we hope you enjoy this episode. And just to remember, you know, just be gentle with yourself as well. Like just find that calm and ease and be kind to yourself. And we just can't wait to hear feedback from you guys after this episode because it was so great. And before we get started, please subscribe, rate, review. It helps us out so much and it will mean the world to us. And if this episode or any other episode inspires you or you think would help a friend or a family member out please pass along follow us on instagram at girls w anxiety podcast subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes all the things and we'll talk soon Brittany ellers is a pelvic physical therapist yoga instructor a mentor and a guide who has been through her own pelvic floor issues and continues to embody what it means to self-discover sustain find comfort and find confidence in your pelvic space. Hi. Okay. Hi. Brittany, thank you so much for coming on. We're so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. So cool. It's a, a long time, I feel like, since we've connected. So I'm just really happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so glad it worked out. Um, and, you know, 
having you on is something that's really special because I think our listeners will definitely gain a lot from you, um, whether it's things they may know or an entirely new subject that they have no idea about. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really grateful that our yoga community has connected us. So we've known each other for a while. Um, mm-hmm. So it's nice to see that you're thriving and you're doing what you love to do. Oh, girl, I'm trying. I'm trying to to thrive. <laughs> it's been a long time coming, like I said. Um, and yeah, since being in the yoga community and kind of shifting my focus, um, to not ignore yoga, but definitely to include it as part like of a bigger picture um, of my practice. So yeah, excited to talk all about it. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, sure. Um, so I am in Encinitas, California, and my background is in physical therapy. I started as an orthopedic uh, straight, you know, sports and outpatient ortho. Um, here in Carlsbad and slowly but surely have transitioned into more of a holistic practice. And I love to focus on pelvic health, which, you know, can come off a little strange. Like, what is that? Who do you help? Um, at this point in time, I'm still helping a lot of women navigate, um, painful sex or painful periods and dysfunction. Like I experienced dysfunction. Um, that was, caused by a lot of stress. It was uh, urge incontinence, which is just like leaking. But, you know, another population that experiences a lot of leaking is prenatal and postpartum people. So I work a lot with that and getting them back into the life that they desire to live, (laughs) to put it brief, briefly. So when you say like pelvic care, when, you know, like not a lot of people talk about it, right? Like how did you find a way to like want to bring more awareness to it? Like what, okay, first of all, let's just say, what's the definition of, you know, pelvic care? Like, what would you sum it up if someone was just like on the street? Like, how did you, how do you describe it? Yeah. So at least for me, because I'm a physical therapist, I have that background, but um, pelvic care can look like hands-on or hands-in care. Uh, A lot of, you know, your regular doctor, your primary care physician is going to be checking that for sure, but they're not always checking for complete function. They're looking for like pain and cysts and and things like that, right? Um, When you get your your normal pap and um, they're poking around a little bit, but I like to look at function and just sensation, all the things that you actually need your pelvic floor and your entire pelvis for. And just to connect it back to yoga again is um, the pelvic floor to me is like root chakra related, right? And that is your foundation. That is your security. And then move up a level, which is like the womb space, which is also part of what I care for, right? Um, That's your sacral chakra energy. That's your creativity. That's your sensuality, your sexuality. And so pelvic care can look like a lot of things, right? If you experience any kind of trauma or abuse to this area by any means, like sexually or through birth or because of periods and all of the, you know, hormonal birth control that you've been on, it can, it can impact your pelvic health in a variety of ways. And like I said, for me, it was urge incontinence, um, occasionally painful sex and, um, 
yeah, inability to orgasm even uh, is a big one too. Oh, no. So, no, yeah, we don't <laughs> want that. <laughs> there needs to be, you know, some awareness about this. Yeah, right. I think so. You can, yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think sometimes there's such like a weird stigma around it or like a shame, mm-hmm. shame around speaking about painful sex or not organ- organized. Wow, I can't. <laughs> 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 Orgasming and what have you. And I think it's really great that you're bringing awareness and bringing a light to this. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I struggled with it myself. Uh, talking about it in general when I first started having sex. You know, I grew up in a really Christian household and I <laughs> I tell the story a lot. But when I when I told my parents that I wasn't a virgin anymore, I completely broke out in hives because okay. of all the shame that I felt. Really? And I think that's oh yeah. Oh wow. yeah. And that's like, you know, your body mind connection is so interesting. That's what I find so fascinating. And what I've really learned over the years of working with people is like, just because you have a physical issue doesn't mean it's necessarily biomechanical, physical, you know, musculoskeletal. It is a whole thing, right? You have to look at the emotions. You have to look at the mental side of things, the spiritual side of things. It's all relevant. Um, So that's like kind of why I broke out of, you know, your normal PT practice a little bit and wanted to be more holistic. And yeah, like for me, it started maybe with that, like just even speaking aloud. But yeah, no one wants to admit that they're having painful sex. No one wants to admit their inability to mm-hmm. have an orgasm unless, you know, you're in your tight group of girlfriends or, or whoever. Yeah, but maybe I, you know, because, it, you know, you said for yourself, like, you did experience some of your own pain. Like if someone, you know, is too embarrassed to talk about it, like, can you describe some of the pain that like could help someone also describe it if they don't have the words for it? Cause they don't really know what's going on and they don't want anything to be wrong with them. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. So my pain, um, I'll link it back to the urge incontinence, which is really interesting because I just had a bout of it, but it was actually, um, a UTI. And I had never experienced a UTI before uh, because they always tell you, right, pee right after you have sex and make sure you're wiping back or front to back. Sorry, not back to front. Please, let's get that clear. (laughs) Front to back. Um, But for me, it was a lot of uh, tightness and almost like a pinpointy kind of pain, um, a burning sometimes. And then for me, I was getting a little bit of blood in my urine, um, when I had the UTI, but in general, it felt like, oh my God, I could not hold my pee in. So the first time I experienced that I was working and, um, I was having to sit on my heel to like kind of plug my, (laughs) my pelvic floor up in a way. Mm -hmm. And I just had this like urge to go. And every time I would go, I'd pee and there'd be like drips. Mm-hmm. And so I actually, yeah, I got on the phone with a, a pelvic floor PT and she coached me through it just over the phone, um, taught me to breathe. And that was um, honestly, when I was still teaching yoga pretty frequently and just mm-hmm. going into more pranayama for more of a parasympathetic, more of a relaxing state, because I don't know, I think a lot of women and myself at the time too are 
constantly in this like go, go, go kind of state. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I have anxiety when I think about like going back to a full-time job in that sense. Um, I'm like working with that many people and having to be on my feet all the time. And um, yeah, it was very like anxiety producing and it's kind of like a, uh, a horrible cycle to be honest. Yeah. Um, not balanced cycle whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to disrupt for sure, but you kind of have to get over that hump. And for me, it was more about, okay, like, can I actually carve out the time to take some rest? I ended up taking the rest of that day off from work and just laid in bed and did some like on my back kind of stretches and and deep, deep breathing. I just took care of yourself. Right. Which is is so important and we forget to do all the time. Mm -hmm. It's a practice. It's another practice. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, One of uh, your testimonials, which really was eye-catching to me, was someone said, learning more about the different phases each woman experiences and how each one has a purpose has been so helpful in not only helping me organize my months, but has shifted my anxiety about life and work stresses. Mm, Yeah. So, okay, going back to how I even got over the taboo of, of talking about pelvic health. I really got interested in my period health and I was on hormonal birth control. I was on the patch, not, it was like three years ago, only three years ago. And I read this book called woman code by Elisa Vitti. And it really encouraged me to ease my way off of birth control. And instead of just, you know, cold Turkey kind of stop. um, I took about two months to, get my body used to, um, exercise and a change in my nutrition. So I started eating less gluten and I did get a food sensitivity test. So, um, I knew I was sensitive to soy, beef and corn. So I limited those foods on top of wheat. Yeah. I was sensitive to wheat too. And I started with what she calls cycle syncing, cycle syncing my exercise, and then taking that solely into my life and my lifestyle. And at that point, I was still working at the clinic. I, or no, I wasn't at the clinic, but I was working for a wellness company and going, doing home uh, visits with people mm-hmm. and hadn't started my own practice yet at all. And um, I was able to get my period back, which I don't know if you guys have heard horror stories of, of women coming off birth control after being on it for a long time. I was on it off and on for 10 years. Wow. And I was really curious to start, is my body going to react the same way? What are my periods going to be like? I had never been abnormal or heavy or anything like that, but I was just curious, like what, what did birth control do to me and will it have that effect like longstanding, right? Mm -hmm. Where it would maybe make my periods worse or my symptoms in my, with my skin worse. Um, But yeah, because I use the cycle syncing protocol from Elisa Vitti, I, I feel like I actually laid this like really beautiful groundwork for how to live a cyclical and purposeful life. Mm -hmm. And in her book, she breaks down the four cycles, which are follicular, ovulatory, luteal, and menstrual phases, which of course, most people know the ovulation and and menstrual, aka your period. But the other two are kind of like, okay, what are those? Um, 
But in the end, what I started noticing after I was off birth control for a while was that my body and my brain chemistry flow in such a way where I am so good at like creating new ideas and brainstorming in my follicular phase, because to me, follicle is like the beginning, but you can look at it either way for you. If like day one, you like to count day one as the day of your bleed to start. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, I like counting the day I'm done. And that's like follicular phase, right? Where you're no longer bleeding Um, because hair follicle is the beginning, right? That's how I think of it. Oh, wow. And that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But it does feel like a fresh beginning and it feels like um, a spring in your own body and in your own brain. You're way more prone to having these new ideas. And then in ovulation, this is when actually women are primed to be more sociable, be more communicative. And when they do brain studies, it's right, like this is where the two hemispheres like really fire and overlap together. Your left side is just firing, 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 because that's your, um, that's like your word brain is on your left side. Your language is on your left side. And Honestly, this is how I time out when I try to do in any interviews or any writing for my business. I do when I'm in my ovulation. And this is also when I like to network and socialize with my friends and, you know, plan special, more special occasions potentially because I have the energy to as well. And then that kind of seeps into luteal phase. Luteal phase is your longest phase. It can be 10 to 14 days long. And for me, I think it's about 12 days. And kind of the first half is very similar to my ovulatory phase. I still feel like I can get things done and um, I have the energy and drive for it. And then as soon as I slip into that week right before my period, I am, I'm sure everyone has experienced this before, but just super hungry and insatiable. You have all the cravings, maybe you have the mood swings. But for me, it's more like, okay, I just have less estrogen. So this is less tolerance and less of like a social lubrication. I've heard it be called before. Um, So this is when I actually like to be by myself. And I do like to like mark the the check in the box for my to-do list. And um, I get into huge like organizational modes when I'm in luteal phase. You should watch. Watch yourself in the next month and notice if you oh, no, ever have those phases. I'm on myself at this moment. Like, this <laughs> is all making so much but, sense. Well, I'm like, right? I'm like, because I have the Flow app. So I'm yeah. about five days out until my period starts. And I notice on the little boxes that you check, like self critical, obsessive thoughts, confused. <laughs> I feel like my brain right now isn't functioning at a hundred percent. Like I couldn't even say orgasm like five minutes I ago. Was just you know, like you know, like I wasn't embarrassed to say it. Just like my brain just is not all there mm-hmm. right now. Um, so if I'm not talking that much, it's like I'm taking everything. I'm learning so much right now, by the way. But like, I'm just I'm being very self-critical because I'm like, I don't have anything to say. But <laughs> oh my god, but this all makes sense now. It's it all makes sense now. I'm in that part of my cycle of about to getting my period. Yeah, it's right. I texted my boyfriend today and I'm like, I want to have Astros for breakfast one morning because I'm craving potatoes and ketchup like that's 
all I've been craving, you know, like for the last three days and my boots hurt so bad. So this is like perfect time that we're having this conversation (laughs) too. You're like, see, this is actually my human body telling me, but like, okay. So when you have these cravings, right? Like, cause I have heard, you know, Mm. I'm pretty sensitive to food. So I don't eat meat. So I am pescatarian, but like, so if you have these cravings, um, you know, whatever you've learned about the foods when you're in your cycle, Mm -hmm. like, should you be like eating a bunch of sugar and all the shit that you probably shouldn't be? Or like, you know, how do we Mm -hmm. find that balance within our cycles? Well, obviously there are always like more healthy alternatives, but the interesting part that I learned was that when you are having those sugar cravings, like you do want to go grab that chocolate it's your body craving magnesium and vitamin B. Oh, wow. So um, the chocolate does have some of that in it. So that's fine as long as it's dark chocolate. But for me, this is when I want those like cooked deep green uh, vegetables, a lot of root vegetables. I love potatoes when I'm in luteal phase. Like I will have them all the ways like French fries or mashed or (laughs) wedges. Like I haven't done wedges in a while, but that sounds really good. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So like your, your root veggies, mm, like, like a cooked, like sweet potato or even Mm -hmm. some carrots with a little bit of cinnamon or honey, like that will get your sweet cravings taken care of and you won't demolish your, you know, your hormones in a way that uh, makes you break out or have sore boobs. Cause that was definitely one of my, um, one of my symptoms when I know I'm kind of off is when I have like really tender boobs and I don't want that hurt so bad. Like right now they hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Caffeine has a lot to do with that for me. Mm. So um, I, I have to be really mindful of how much caffeine I'm taking in in the morning and I never have it. I try never to have it on an empty stomach. I'm not perfect, but you know, that's the opportunity that <laughs> a monthly cycle gives to you is this opportunity to keep trying out new things, keep trying out new routines. Um, and then as soon as you, you know, you slide into your period, which for me, mine is actually, I feel like it's a little short. I would like it to be at least three days, but it's about two days long. Oh, um, Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, I don't bleed that much, and I would like to, you know, extend that in a way because I I look at my period as um a reset mm-hmm. and it's like clean out. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're shedding and releasing so much stuff. Not necessarily toxins, right? But you're releasing a lot of old tissue, stagnant energy. Um. So I really take that time to at least journal a little bit more than I normally do, take an extra bath or two if I can, um, spend some more alone time. And people get that. And that so that's how I started talking about it. I was like so obsessed with this new information and you know how to integrate it into my life. I feel like it was maybe three months later I was talking to high school girls on a local soccer team, a varsity mm-hmm. soccer team about this aspect of it, but then, you know, layering it more with their injury prevention and, and how to modify your workouts and how it would actually keep players from getting injured. Right. But then also make them way stronger and way more resilient um, than you would think. 
So I found, I found that part really fascinating too. just, um, that part of my practice, uh, helping people figure out, okay, what exercises would feel good in your body right now that don't make you so sore that you literally can't move a muscle. You can't squat to sit at a toilet the next day, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I love that soreness too, but yeah, but like you do and you don't. Yeah. There's like a love hate relationship with the soreness, but going back to how you said, you know, when you started to like talk about it, you know, you have such a way that it's so warm and inviting that it's not an Mm -hmm. awkward conversation. You provide a really safe space Mm -hmm. for, you know, all of us right now in this moment to be super calm and like, vulnerable in a way of like, oh my gosh, like, no, this is literally how I feel. Or this is the pain that I'm experiencing. Like you don't make it weird. And like, <laughs> like it, you know, like I feel like society also has made like women's periods like, ew, you bleed. That's gross. It's like, is it? Because it's kind of amazing that our body is able to shed and clean itself out. And I think it's so important too that young girls – even young ladies and women like us, Tess and I are learning mm-hmm. right now that we get this information because it's not taught to us. It's like we have to source it out. And I think it needs to be like in school or a course or something that we're learning just to – it's More our bodies. We need to figure it totally. – like, We know that we have it every month or – every other month, whoever it is, and that we bleed. But we don't know all the ins and outs of a period. Mm-mm. Right. I don't think people, they know what happens, right? And they do yeah. teach you that it will bleed, but they never teach it in a way that feels really empowering. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely part of my mission is to make it safe and make it open and make it really relatable because it is, right? Every yeah. woman does it. Like half of the population on the planet has around 400 periods in their lifetime. Like, why aren't we talking about this huge thing that could literally help the, our entire society mm-hmm. look at our lives differently in yeah. this like cyclical way? We are all cyclical humans. I love thinking about actually just like not just a monthly cycle, but think about your entire life cycle. We all mm-hmm. do that. And the planet cycles on a seasonal basis. Right. So it only makes sense to lean more into it than like shut it down, push it away and yeah. and hide it, right? Exactly. Like don't you remember in middle school or in high school you have to like ask a girlfriend if they have a tampon <laughs> or a pad and you're like hiding it and like yeah. stuffing it down your shirt to like walk to the bathroom. It's like why? Like this happens to us every month. We shouldn't be ashamed of it. We should be proud. And Absolutely. also like we should feel lucky that we're able to get our periods cuz some girls don't aren't able to get their periods. Right, right. The other way I like to think about your period is it's your fifth vital sign. Like, you know, just as important as your heart rate or your um, your respiratory rate, right? It's like a built-in litmus test mm-hmm. to see how you are doing. And when you don't have that cranberry, like bright and vibrant red in your blood, maybe it's a little bit more brown or a little bit more purple. It's clotty. It's not like an easy pass for you. Take a look at that prior month and notice, right? What what in your life might need some adjusting? Have a little bit of compassion for yourself because maybe that was a really hard month. All of last year in 2020, my most gnarly periods were um, my May 
my May period or April technically was on the verge. It was like after we had been in shutdown for a month. Yeah. Right. And that period was just like old stagnant blood, like not what I'm used to seeing. Mm -hmm. And then another time was later on in the year, I think probably around like August or September for some other like work related stress reasons. And it it's just so like eye-opening and evident to me that this is like a powerful tool mm-hmm. that women can start to use from a very young age. Like if I ever have a daughter, oh my God, like I'm going to be throwing her a period party, which is totally a thing. Like oh, so many people are doing that. Yeah. Oh. I've heard. Like, oh my God, there was a, a comedian that um, was sharing about how his daughter had a period party and it was on Halloween was when her first bleed happened. So she made it like Halloween themed and got like a red velvet cake and um, yeah, something like that. Or maybe it was a Friday the 13th thing. And so she named her period Jason. That's what it was. Oh Oh. my God. That's hysterical. Yeah. Invited boys to come in. (laughs) That's so great. And that's like so powerful too, right? Like she is owning it. Yeah, like, and guess what? I named it Jason. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that is amazing. Like, I was not like that when I was a little girl by any means. When I first got my period, Mm -mm. I was at Wild Rivers. And (sighs) I, yeah, it was awful. And I got off like a water slide and I'm walking. And luckily, this nice girl came up to me and was like, oh, honey, you have blood coming down your leg. And I like, oh, and no offense, mom, but she probably wouldn't have been much help. But like, luckily, I had a good friends at the time. We went to the bathroom and I didn't know how to use a tampon. But like, I'll never mm. fucking forget it because I was at Wild Rivers in a bathing suit. And I think I sat wrapped up in my towel the rest of the day because I did not oh. want to go on any of the rides. Oh, no. Yeah, because I didn't know shit about it. I had three older brothers, you know, mm. and- have that close relationship I was the only girl in my family so it's like the fact that nowadays where you feel empowered when you do have your period at such a young age like is amazing it's mm-hmm. life-changing actually yeah right absolutely I mean it helps to have parents who are like okay yeah or like super encouraging and like can't mm-hmm. wait for you to actually start bleeding yeah I was I was walking home from my friend's house and I had to call my dad and I was like, my hip hurts so bad. I cannot walk. Mm. And he picked me up and took me home. And I ended, that's when I got my first period. Like I had like, like hip cramps or whatever. It was very, I was also 14 about to graduate or like end eighth grade. So I was like pretty I feel like pretty late in my all my other friends have had already gotten their period. I was like, well, yeah. it's either gonna come or it's not. So I felt like I kind of knew like what to do, even though I was with my dad and my mom was like, "Don't use a tampon." Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's like so- the old like, if you use a tampon, you'll lose your virginity virginity kind of mm-hmm. thing. I was like, okay, that doesn't like that's not true, mom, it's a myth. but. <laughs> Um, I actually stopped using tampons cause they made my cramps way worse. And I just use a pad. Do you, um, or have you tried a menstrual cup before? I haven't. I'm kind of nervous. Okay. 
to like okay. shove that thing in me. <laughs> this is my specialty. And like, let me give you kind of a couple of pros because okay. I don't, I don't use reusable or I don't use um, disposable pads. I'll use reusable panties, right? That mm-hmm. it's, yes. it's basically the same thing um, with a pad. And yes, like so amazing if you just want to free flow and, and not feel blocked in any way. Um, but, or shall I say, and, um, menstrual cups have completely changed my life. Um, I, I love being able to put in and then take out the cup and kind of inspect the blood in a way. Um, I know some people can get super woo woo and like ritualistic with it. And I'm not, you know, not to that point yet, maybe one day, but I do love giving my blood back to my plants. All of my plants in my room are thriving. Um, mm -hmm. they love the iron and the magnesium and the zinc that end up exiting your body. And I just like, I pour it in there. If I, if, you know, if I'm not already in the shower or something like that, sometimes I'll, if I'm by myself, I'll just take it out beforehand and then go in the shower and, and rinse off. But um, I love that I can wear the cup for 12 hours and not necessarily feel like the wetness that you can kind of feel when you are wearing panties or a pad. Um, and they just last for so long. They can last yeah. for 10 years. So imagine like not having to buy uh, tampons or pads anymore for ever if you really ever. wanted to. Yeah, you could literally spend $40 on a cup. And use that every single time. And depending on your flow, of course, you'd have to take it out every once in a while. I take it out morning and then at night. And Mm. that's it. And I don't touch it. I don't feel it for the rest of the day. Um, Of course, I can feel like a tiny bit of, you know, the cramping that's fairly manageable with a walk. I can like literally walk around Target and get rid of my cramps. Um, But yeah, the tampons, it's super interesting. Like with all the toxins that they put in them now. And organic, 100%, you know, uh, cotton tampons are way better than the other things that we were all putting in our bodies back in the day. Um, My friend handed me a scented one when I, like, first got my period. Yeah. And that's when my mom was like, absolutely not. Like, you cannot use this. And I was like, first of all, I can't even believe there are scented ones. Like, 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 I understand why, but, like, that's not like hygienic at all or safe um but yeah she handed me a scented one I never bought them but I had like when I first got my period I think I used like one or two but I buy all like natural organic because I also read like the toxins that they put in the tampons like somehow make you have more cramps or like Mm -hmm. make you bleed more or you buy more Like, that's mm-hmm. what I've heard. And I was like, that yeah. is so fucked up. I want to say that, so the chemical that's used in Roundup, right, like for all of the pesticides, if you're not buying organic cotton tampons, um, I think the chemical is glyphosate or gly- something like glyphosate. That's what it is. Um, and glyphosate. Well, it's not that they put it in tampons, but they use it to keep the cotton free from pesticides, right? And then they take that cotton and that cotton gets purposed into your clothes or um, your household products or your tampons. So 
you just have to be really mindful of that and just like check in with it again, right? Every time you have your period, if that makes a difference with your symptoms. Um, but yeah, with the cup that completely changed my life. I mean, on my Instagram, I, I got so into it. I was really, um, interested in period poverty and the fact that not everyone has access to period products mm-hmm. either. So I was, and then on top of that too, the education, right. That goes around it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to share that with people. So I started this project, um, called cup for cup. So every time you bought a menstrual cup from me that I sourced from a, a company, um, I donated another cup and then I offered oh. that education just in like a, an informal kind of workshop for free at a, at a woman's center or a family center. Um, and I didn't necessarily teach them how to use the cup, but on my Instagram, I recorded a couple of videos to instruct a little bit more. Um, because I feel like actually the part that's difficult is not the putting in, it's the taking out. And if, again, right, if you feel a little bit of disconnection or, you know, shame, embarrassment, wariness about even touching your own body, like it's going to feel a little uncomfortable and, and odd, right? To, and to find this control in your pelvic floor to maybe even bear down and push down, like as if you're, you know, pushing out a poop, you're doing that though at your vagina, or you're like thinking about pushing out a baby, if you can imagine what that's like in your body. Like that's basically you birthing a cup, (laughs) Um, but it's a lot of mind, mind body connection that we're not always taught from the beginning to, to have. So it's all related. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm again, like Hike and I are definitely like sponges over here. Like I'm just like, I could listen to you talk about this for hours. Mike, tell me more. (laughs) please. Oh my God. I mean, I'm learning. Yeah. I mean, I'm learning so much more, even just by talking to other people is that like, oh man, like we were not well-equipped. None of us really were. And if you really want to know about this stuff, you have to self-educate and like Mm -hmm. be seeking it out. But it, it sucks that it's, it's come to a point where you're not seeking it out until you're in pain or, you know, something's going wrong in your life. So something so detrimental that it's, you know, you're, you're seeking all the professional help you can. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, or you're like doctor Googling yourself and then finding something that is completely not anything related and you're self-diagnosing yourself and then kind of Mm. just like freaking out a little bit because you're like oh I this is me 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 and it's like no 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 like you can't you have to go see a professional Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah get all the tests that that you can afford or have access to but yeah it it does really suck that it comes to that point where you're just struggling so hard and you're you're desperate for the information you know I've noticed too, as I've gotten older, my period has changed. Like my mm. cramps are worse. Um, my, I bleed less. Like my days, it used to be like five days. Now it's three. Um, mm. I get way, I don't, this is like TMI, but whatever. Here we are. Like I get never, never TMI. <laughs> I get way more dry. Like the few days mm. before my period. And I, I looked up, I looked it up. I mean, I could be completely wrong. Again, I was like doctor Googling myself. Um, my, it means like my estrogen levels are way mm-hmm. lower. And mm-hmm. also 
I notice that my anxiety heightens and like my obsessive thinking and my OCD rises a little bit and that has something to do with my cycle. So it's all like changing all the time. It's never Mm -hmm. just like one set period. And like one month it's like my cramps are way worse and I'm bleeding more. And then the other month it's like, okay, again, it's like three days and it's like less bleeding or my blood is, my blood is a different color. Like I had no idea like that can happen until a few years ago. And I was like, oh, it's darker. And then I read that could be like dark blood or, or sorry, that could be older blood from like last month or whatever. So yes, there's so much that I'm still learning and I've had it for like 15, 16 years now. Right. Right. My period. Isn't that so nuts? And Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people, right, when they start to feel like their symptoms are a little out of control, you go to your Western doctor and they're going to prescribe you birth control. Mm -hmm. And not to shame on them, but that's the only thing that they're really taught. And they're not even taught, I don't think, that much about the birth control and what it truly does to you, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes the symptoms when you're on it are just way worse. They're almost like amplified or they change and there's something completely different, but something that you also don't want to experience um, like a low quote unquote libido or low desire to have sex or um, overly emotional. I don't know about you guys, but when I was on birth control, I was like insane with my mood swings, my anxiety and my you know, I wasn't ever clinically diagnosed with anxiety, but I can doctor Google myself a bit, um, and just know from that, like, you know, self-aware perspective mm-hmm. that I definitely have a lot of anxiety and um, am prone to depression when I am on any kind of external hormones. And I was really glad that I was able to get myself off. But yeah, it's just being aware that that is what a Western doctor would probably prescribe to you. Um, and of course there are so many different kinds and everyone just needs to do the research for themselves to see what that best option is for them. For birth control, if you don't want hormones in your body, there are other methods that work quite well. Um, I use the fertility awareness-based method and abstinence. If I know I'm ovulating and I don't want to conceive Um, but I've been using that for, since I got off birth control. So for three years, um, and have not had, um, you know, a worry about it. Um, no pregnancy scares. So much because what I was going to say, um, and it goes back to what you were saying, Heike, is just essentially like you've had this period for 15 years. Like you've all had this personal journey with your own period, but if you actually don't take the time to get to know yourself too, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's going to be intimidating. It's going to be scary. Mm -hmm. And then if you do track your cycle in the way that you were talking about earlier, Brittany, it's like you can understand yourself so much better. And Mm -hmm. throughout those weeks, throughout your cycle, it's like, it makes more sense. But, you know, committing to do that, committing to like really want to get into the depths of all this, oh, there's four stages of the cycle. Yeah. You're explaining Brittany, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's doing that work. But like, if you don't know there's work like that to do, how, how are you ever going to know? Right. Right. Well, it starts it's with talking about it. 
talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I mean, the first two things I'd, I'd say about if you're like looking into this and, you know, curious about shifting your life in any way, what is truly sustainable is making small changes one at a time, right? Nothing super drastic. Like, you know, what I did and I was really appreciative that I ha- even had the foresight to do this as um, someone who was as eager as I was. I took that first month just to focus on my fitness. Like my exercise routine was easy to modify because that's what I did for a living. You know, I, I train people. I know how to modify exercises. So that was fine. I did that for an entire month. I kept doing that, never stopped, and added the nutrition side in the second month. And then I got off birth control. And then in the third month was when I started to look at um, my lifestyle changes and even like looking at revamping the products that I have in my kitchen and in my uh, bathroom, in my shower, right? All of those kinds of things are my makeup. Makeup is a huge one too. Um, You know, just looking at all those extra toxins and, um, you know, they're just different hormones floating around in, in our world and they're in places that we don't even know. So that book actually, Woman Code, really helped me identify a lot of those. Um, but yeah, then with, so I wanted to, to clarify a difference here. Um, cycle syncing and cycle tracking are two different things. So I started cycle syncing, which was modifying, again, my uh, fitness, my nutrition, my lifestyle, and like business, social choices, all of that was syncing to my cycle, right? I was listening to what phase I was in, just even energetically, that was a huge turning point for me. And then just recently, not too long ago, like I actually started cycle tracking. And tracking is when you're looking at, you know, one or all three um, of these signs in your body, you're looking at your basal body temperature. So using a specific thermometer that has not just the tens digit, but the hundreds digit. So you're looking at four digits and, um, checking your cervical mucus and checking your cervix and the position of your cervix. So I don't always do the cervical, uh, position checking. Um, I do if I'm remembering in the shower, but for the most part, I can gauge where I'm at and track where I'm at, confirming my ovulation with the first two. So again, going back to making it sustainable, what's also sustainable in creating new habits is linking them to things that you already do. So my alarm goes off every single morning, pretty much at the same time, or my body wakes up at the same time every day. That's when I take my temperature first thing before I even get up to go to the bathroom. Hmm. It's really easy. I just lay there. I'm closing my eyes anyway. I'm just like slowly waking up. It's easy. Then I punch in the numbers on my app and I go to the bathroom. When I'm at the bathroom, it's not always the first pee that I notice it, but maybe it's in the middle of the day. I'll notice when I wipe front to back first, right? And just seeing if I have that feeling of wetness or dryness. And if I feel that feeling of wetness, I look at the toilet paper and I'm assessing, okay, what does that mucus look like? Mm-hmm. And does it look like that um, egg whitey that feels really gummy? And if I pull on it and you know separate my fingers, does it stay connected? Is it that you know gooey, I guess, for lack of a better term? Um, that's when I'm confirming my ovulation, right? And your cervical mucus changes also throughout your month. Um, 
But just to be safe, if you're not on hormonal birth control or any birth control at all, other than, you know, fertility awareness method, what they say is that anytime you have any mucus or any discharge, consider yourself fertile, especially if you're regular with your cycle. So that was like kind of a mind blowing thing for me. And of course, um, with ovulation, that's something that's not always addressed in, in school either. You know, they say just abstain or, you know, you're going to get STDs and die. Hello, mean girls. That's like literally the phrase. And it's just so funny. Obviously it's not true, but, um, you ovulate for a whole 24 hours. That's when the egg is viable and when it's waiting for sperm to come in and fertilize it. But because sperm can last in your body for up to four, five, six days, um, that's why they give it a window, right, of like five days, six days of ovulation. So that's the time when you can get pregnant because sperm is able to live in your body because of the mucus. That's why there's like the fertile phase. Oh, okay. Right? Right? I'm just like thinking of like my flow up and how it says like I – my ovulation is X amount yeah. of days. So, okay, this is all making sense now. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. There's a reason, right? There's a reason why. They're giving us like the, the explanation of the reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're mm-hmm. going like behind the curtain and saying like, yeah, you guys know like the surface level level stuff, but like, do you want to know like why that's the reason? It's like, oh, this is aha, aha, mm-hmm. aha moments <laughs> left and right. Like the amount of times Mike and I have said, Wow, or oh, <laughs> it's like a lot. <laughs> I know. No, I it's know, all. It's, uh, yeah, it's so good. You roll your eyes because it's like, oh my god, like why didn't I know this before? So there's like a little bit of frustration, right, that comes to yeah. hearing about all this stuff. Like when you're in your 30s, or I'm yeah. 31, and I didn't learn this until I yeah, was 28. Yeah. yeah, like my period like feels like a stranger to me, and I've been mm. with it. For like I said, like I don't know, however long, fifteen, sixteen years. So, yes, this is like all very informative, and I think it needs to be out there for for all of us to know about. It shouldn't just be like this surprise and shock of like, holy shit, I had no idea. Like you should just know this. Yeah. Right. So right. what you're doing, Brittany, is truly so impressing and so mm-hmm. knowledgeable and admirable because. You know, it seems like you have seek this out and have had this um, passion to get the information out there. Um, so when you're coaching or you're having sessions with people, like, is it all different types of ages? Or are you trying to target just one audience? Are you just doing it like a broad spectrum? It doesn't matter like what age you are, because it, it seems like um, everything that you have on your Instagram, on your website when you're blogging, you have so many different types of stories. So you do have a really wide range, don't you? Yeah, I do have a wide range. And my business coach will probably say that's like one of my biggest problems <laughs> is that it's so hard for me to niche down. But um, I do love looking at the whole life cycle again. And, you know, when I look at my clientele right now, I have kind of like two pockets of people, um, people in their like late 20s, to maybe almost 40s that are on some sort of reproductive journey, whether they're just coming off birth control 
or maybe they're still on it and we're, you know, we're working through some of their pelvic issues um, or maybe they're prenatal or postpartum. And I love working with those populations for sure. And then I kind of have this like, you know, offset um, minority group for myself, um, people in menopause. I love working with women in menopause. And I I think it's just another phase of your life, right? Mm-hmm. That's not always talked about when you see it in the media, on TV and in movies. It's like, okay, oh my God, hot flashes and night sweats and just so much irritability, like even more so than you do have when, you know, you're PMSing or something, which is a common symptom or syndrome, but not normal necessarily. Um, it just, it gets such a bad rap in my opinion. And these women that I am working with are so lovely. And in, in my head and in my reading, I'm starting to look at that part of my life with like, oh my God, anticipation. Cause this is when you get to step out of your like maiden or your princess stage, you're stepping into like your actual full queendom, I think. And when you look actually at your like hormone levels, when you are in that stage, the height of all the different levels or like the, sorry, the levels of the different hormones that are circulating through your body um, at the point of menopause are the ones that are like high and on point when you are ovulating. And I think a lot of people connect their, um, like their best selves to when they're ovulating. Like I, I love when I ovulate, but I also love when I'm um, in luteal phase. I don't know why that's just one of my favorite phases, but there's like definitely like a, a star quality that you have, a special quality that you have when you are ovulating. And that actually gets amplified and is on a more consistent basis when you are in menopause or postmenopausal, I should say. I think that's um, so beautiful because it's like you said, it's looked at as something negative or just again, in society or in movies, it's like, oh, she's, she's going through menopause. Like she's like dried up and old. Yeah. Dried up. Mm. Exactly. Hi. Oh yeah. Oh my God. It's like, no, that's not the case at all. Right. It's like, look at, watch the show, Grace and Frankie. (laughs) Your mind will be changed instantly. I love that show. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But I will, I always see it. I need anyone to watch, so I will watch it. It's such a good one. It's such a good one. I mean, they truly embody what that you know, phase in your life can mm-hmm. look like, at least in, in the power and the creativity that they have, like your life is not over when you're postmenopausal, you know, it's like, no, I love you said, it's like, you're like, it's like your final like kingdom of like, you know, being a woman, like it should be celebrated just as the first period should be. And the mm-hmm. last period should be. Mm-hmm. Yes. That Amen. Yes. <laughs> So much. Me too. Oh my god. Yeah. I've Me too. So much. I'm yeah, so glad. We could literally I mean, like, talk for hours for sure. I know. I've like so many like questions like going through my head, but I'll spare you. But yeah, this has been <laughs> wow. I'm like my well, mind yeah. is blown. I'm so glad. Honestly, like the more I can talk about this, the better. And the more I get better at teaching it. So I'm just really grateful for this opportunity to, to speak to you guys about it. And 
happy to blow your minds anytime. Oh yeah. Mind <laughs> and blown. I think, and I think too, Heike, you know, the question that Heike has um, had with GWA ever since it started has been, you know, what would you mm. tell your youngest self? And I would love for like, mm. this is like a, I don't know where you'll go with your answer, which is free range, but I'm so intrigued of what your answer is. What would you tell your youngest self? Hmm. That's, it's a really good question because I think about my younger self, not just, you know, my three-year-old or 10-year-old or even, you know, 15-year-old me. I think about the person I was like yesterday and two years ago, three years ago, when I was like literally learning all this stuff. I think I would just tell her to stay curious and keep that insatiable curiosity going by learning as much as you can um, and honoring yourself, taking care of yourself is literally number one priority because no one else is really going to do that for you, especially not in the way that you probably want it done. So putting yourself first. Um, ooh, one thing that's been coming up for me actually a lot in my own, you know, embodiment practices and in journaling, one of my like deepest, deepest shadows is being seen as someone who's selfish and a little bratty. And I would just tell my younger self that you're not, you're not a brat. You're not selfish. You are completely deserving of everything that you want. So I hope that lands for her (laughs) (laughs) one day. I love that so much. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Of course. Thank you for asking. And I think our listeners are going to be so thrilled to hear everything you were able to share with us today. Like it was truly a mind-blowing yet enjoyable and super informative conversation that Mm -hmm. I cannot wait for you to keep doing what you're doing and getting this topic out there every single day to keep, I don't care what your, you know, business coach says, like keep the range of people. Like Like, that's, I like it. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think as, as soon as, as soon as I move out of this phase of, you know, um, having my period and everything. And, you know, as soon as maybe I one day get pregnant and have kids, I don't know how that's going to be multiple or not and how long that will take me to recover my period. You know, um, I think as I move through these different life stages, the clientele will probably change too and, or get even more expansive. So there's, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's really no stopping me. I (laughs) want to teach it all. (laughs) I think that's great. And you sound unstoppable. And again, Mm -hmm. so excited to see where you're headed. Um, But before we let you go, please let our listeners know where they can find you and follow you and all the good stuff. Yeah, I am pretty active on Instagram and TikTok, kind of (laughs) more so on Instagram. So my handle is b.ellers. That's E-L-L-E-R-S. And my website, um, you can find it through typing out my name, uh, BrittanyEllers.com or WeAreBeingBetter.com. Both land you in the same space. Brittany is spelled B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y. Um, so just watch out for that. 
thank you again for coming on again learned so much i love how mindful you are and it's been such a treat having you on this has been amazing Brittany. thank you so much Mm, the pleasure is all mine (laughs) thank you both thank you Bye. bye bye bye